Hello and welcome to the Stringers Podcast number five. Cinco de Podcasto Stringer. Is that racist? I hope not. I don't mean it to be racist. I'm trying to be nice here. Man, fifth one, and I'm really excited because we have David Alter joining us. Kind of fitting, seeing as though the NHL season is upon us. At Dalter on Twitter, at DavidAlter35 on Instagram. But first, Kylie. Hello. How you did? See, I'm glad you did that voice. I wanted you to do that voice. I was thinking of it, and you read my thoughts. It's a long weekend this weekend. It is a big weekend this weekend. Everyone's so very excited. What do you Mm -hmm. got going on? All right. Friday, we got Blade Runner. It's being released. Ooh, Blade Blade Runner. Are you excited to see it? Just for Ryan Gosling. (laughs) (laughs) A nice Canadian connection there. Yeah. You can be excited for Ryan Gosling. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be excited for Harrison Ford. And you know what? No one minds like a good sequel 30 years later. (laughs) Saturday, we got a saber battle. In, uh, saber, like saber, like buffalo light sabers, sabers, like lightsabers. Lightsabers. Now this is a big step for you <laughs> because you have admitted you're not the biggest Star Wars fan. No, no. but but I started off with Blade Runner. That's right? kind of sci-fi, right? Definitely, it's your sci-fi weekend. Yeah. And then Saturday, you're gonna break out the <laughs> lightsaber. <laughs> okay, you gotta pick your color though. For what color your lightsaber is gonna blue. be? Blue? blue. Good. You're you're on the good side then. Okay. Just don't pick red. Or else we won't mix. I don't. I don't know the difference between the colors, so well, I'm just, just gonna leave that to you. Just guess. Red's know. evil. Blue is happy. Okay. And Sunday. Sunday, Thanksgiving. I'm probably gonna be. <laughs> That's a good. <laughs> I'm probably gonna be on the couch eating leftovers, maybe, or I'm not too sure. What. So, when does your family do? It, do your does your family do it Saturday night See, then? I don't really know. I asked my mom this the other day. She's like, I have no idea. So, <laughs> I'm just gonna go with it and. I don't know if you guys do Sunday or Monday, but enjoy the Thanksgiving weekend is what we're saying. The Canadian Thanksgiving weekend. And if your family's not in town, you can go to an all you can eat Thanksgiving dinner at uh, One King West. Whoa, have you ever been to One King West? No, never. Oh, it's beautiful. It's uh, There's a hotel there. Yeah. There's a hotel lobby bar that I really like. A rooftop pool. Is there a rooftop? One? I don't know. I've never been to the rooftop. That's all the way up. You seem like you know it. Oh, I love the building, but heights, totally oh, heights. not my thing. Love heights. Excellent weekend ahead. Yep. I'm going to be jetting off to go see Foo Fighters I'm in so California. Jealous. I'm pretty excited. It's a little bit of a, a birthday trip for my brother. So this is his present. He's never been to California. We've traveled around a couple times to see the Foo Fighters. So I'm going to be out of town. Before we get to David Alter, though, mm-hmm. I've been giving you a little too much power. I have. You know, we come to this point, and I always hand it to you, but damn it, devil woman, <laughs> play me my sacks! <laughs> I like Uber Black. Wow. I could tell. I was like, holy jeez, this guy. Like uh, opening the door for me and stuff. Really? Yeah. Like I, I usually just Uber X. You could have gotten X. It's no. no. <laughs> I'm, this is how excited I am that you're here. This office. So look at you. You got new Macs or old Macs? I don't know. New to, they're new-ish. They were bought this year. I mean, we I'm had them at the old spot. A couple of Thunderbolt displays. 
displays. Like, um, you know, the, like, the last Yeah, yeah, I have one in there. I love, not the one you can see, but the one against the wall. Yeah, so you know how they stopped making them? Yeah, and I love them. Yeah, so I have two. What size? 27 inches each. Okay, let's talk after this okay. because I think I know a guy that'll take them off your hand. I love those displays. Yeah. They were my favorites. Um, and I was upset. I'm on Kijiji right now, but like, let me know. No, yeah. I'm trying to buy, like, I, like, I don't care that it's Mac. I know a lot of Mac enthusiasts yeah. prefer it. I want to buy this LG 43 inch that splits into four different. Well, things. LG is the one, like, they've now partnered with LG to be their display. Yeah, but th- this one isn't, isn't one of those ones that are like for Mac. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's, it's it, just for it, LG. Like, it doesn't have the, ca- it doesn't have the camera lens on it. Right. Uh, it's LG. It, it does work with Thunderbolt too, yeah. like or three or whatever. But yeah. I just love that it's got 4K resolution at 60 frames, but it has four different panels that yeah. you can hook up, and you can have four Split. different HDMI displays show yeah. up on the screen. Which means you could really have. They don't all have to be computer inputs, do they? No, they can no. be Apple TV. I could be watching a game while watching a thing, and that that I like that stuff. So. I uh, we have a mutual friend, Chris Lund. Yes. And I was speaking with him last week. We haven't run into each other since oh, probably shortly after the draft, right around where the rookie tournament happens. And we just haven't crossed paths, which is crazy. But I told him that you were coming on this week and he was really excited. <laughs> and he said, the one thing you probably don't know about David is he's a big gearhead. Oh, yeah. That, and I know I like a big tech guy. Yeah. And so I'm glad that we're into this yeah. Even so quickly. No, I'm I'm diehard. Uh, I even when I was between other assignments, like yeah. I, I came close to writing for. We're not roll. Are we rolling yet? We. No? It's a soft start. So. Oh, is it? Yeah. So oh, okay. at any point we can <laughs> okay. cut something out, or we can come right I in. I just didn't want to. Like I, I was close to you know, leaving writing hockey and, and writing about tech. No like way. Just because, you know, some of my favorite sites are like mobile syrup and, uh, and like iPhone and Android in Canada yeah. and like the techs, the tech websites that actually have a bit of a Canadian slant to them yeah. too. So if you know, and I, I met some of the guys too, cause when I was working at the national post, they sent me, to cover Roger's 4K announcement, yep. and I was like the only sports reporter there. Everyone yeah. else was kind of a tech reporter. Yeah, and, and like I love some of the like I follow a lot of YouTubers on yeah. YouTube that like do the unboxings, the, the and demos. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just uh, I'm like, yeah, I would totally. It's also like a great scam they pulled because they get all the shit for free just to <laughs> unbox. They get paid. <laughs> Casey that is one of them. Yeah, so so he's he's one of the guys. He's he's a little bit more not my style. Like uh, I like I do like his stuff, but he's more like kind of filming himself, kind of skate like with yeah. GoPros. Yeah. I love uh, Marcus Brownlee, like his okay. uh, his uh, YouTube videos. Yeah. Um, Unbox Therapy guy, the guy Lewis. Unbox he's from therapy. Toronto. Actually. No way. Like he is I he guess, still in Toronto or does he? I don't know if his warehouse is in Toronto or L.A. because it's easier to get things yeah. in the states than it the is way in easier. Canada. Yeah. Yeah. That's my number one it's complaint. Dumb. Yeah, yeah, but um, so there's all that stuff, and um, but I really do like, I really do like the stuff that they do. They yeah. make it look really. Yesterday he was unboxing this LG seventy three wallpaper <laughs> display, seventy three inch wallpaper display. Like you know, like it's 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 millimeters thin. It's thinner than a Bic pen. And it goes against the wall and has a strip where it connects to a sound bar that has all the other HDMI ports to it. So the screen itself is super paper thin 
and then all the other components that you would plug into the screen are separate. You know what reminds me of? Do you ever see uh, Paycheck? I think it was called. It was with. Oh, it's not Matt Damon, but it's his writing partner, Ben Affleck. Oh, Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck and Paycheck. And, it ba- and basically, it's it's set in a future time, and he's a reverse engineer, right? So one company comes up with, you know, whatever crazy idea, and he reverse engineers it. But basically, I think at the beginning of the movie, they're dealing with a paper-thin display, and then his... Uh, like addition to it's like who needs a display at all and he like was able to take away the actual display part and then it was holographic but it's weird to me that we're finally at a spot where paper thin is a real thing yeah no it's crazy he was like you could slightly bend it too when he was taking it and it's just like oh that's so weird and it looks they call it a wallpaper display because when it's on the wall like it's a screen but it blends in with artwork it's like that thin that it's just it's like a poster yeah Basically. But but it was it's incredible. So there's that. Uh, yesterday I watched the show, you know, Jeremy Piven. He's got yep. a new show on CBS called Wisdom of the Crowd or something. Of the, yeah, of yeah. The, he's basically crowdsourcing a murder. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I watched, I actually like that. I'm not usually into the CBS crime shows, but yeah. I liked how they took today's 21st century Silicon Valley-esque kind of yeah. way of basically how there's Uber of, of fixing rideshare and all yeah. these other things. So they they. They pretty much found the Uber of crime solving crime by crowdsourcing solving. everybody's intel to try and. I mean, there's back there's ways it backfires like yeah. everything else, but yeah, that was all that and stuff. Feel free to adjust this up if it's annoying you. There's it a looks good on. to me. Oh, it's good to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, as long as you can hear me in the levels, I there. Can hear you. Yeah. <laughs> thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, yeah, I have a loud voice travels, and I worked in radio. It carries. So you were five ninety, right? I was five ninety for eight years. I think that's when we first met. I was For doing sure. Marley's at the time. And I was being sent to... And you were being sent yeah. because in 2012, they went to Calder Cup run. Yep. I was a general Toronto assignment reporter, so I pretty much just ate whatever they would give me for, yeah. from a reporting or anchoring or whatever assignment to the point where... I didn't really have much of a social life for much of my 20s because I had my shifts, but I also was the standby first call, first right. email guy. Yeah. I would always get um, Doug Fairway, my boss at the time, would always, I always told him, if you need someone to fill in, yeah. I'll your be guy. your no hassle fill in. And he would literally at 8.05 in the morning email me and I'd be sleeping next to my Barry at the time <laughs> and I'd be like, okay, I'm going. But in 2006, I was an intern, one of the few that had a Barry because I was such a gearhead. But because that, I was able to configure my intern email to my phone. So when the boss would put out these generic things being uh, on... Uh, to uh, all the interns, we had like twenty interns at one point. Be like, "Hey, who can do this?" Boom! Reply within seconds. I got it. Right. I got it. I can do it. I can do it. I you didn't have it. to wait. And right. it's funny to remember. But, the, but tech helped me get to that point, which is why I'm a big gearhead. It's funny to remember a time that we had to open up our computer. Like we had to wait till we got to our computer in the morning and hit send receive and check all the emails. Yeah. Because we've been so immersed now for over a decade. What's amazing is how much BlackBerry dropped the ball. BlackBerry owned the market right they were they were that that business social connective device that you could do everything from and then it seemed like in about six months they completely lost it u2's tour in 2009 was sponsored by blackberry oh boy but i mean you're sponsored they've already paid out the money so what's happened to that company since 
doesn't really affect yeah. their bottom line. No, of course not. I mean, when they continued the tour in 2011, BlackBerry was not a sponsor anymore because of what what had happened. Yeah. And actually, apparently I heard a story that um, when U2 released their album in 2014, back with uh, Apple, with that whole debacle, <laughs> I was going to make a joke about yeah, that, but I'm but, glad you but, did. But the reason why they were able to get back with Apple after yeah. leaving Apple in 2004 when they had the U2 iPod yeah. and then they went in 2009 with BlackBerry apparently Steve Jobs was so mad he like disowned U2 from any future business but then Steve Jobs passed away right. and Tim Cook reopened it and, and, it, and, and it look what happened yeah. and, and they were able to yeah. push now they got a new album coming out in December and they'll probably do it the traditional way are you a U2 fan? a diehard yeah? yeah oh it's amazing yeah. so here's my real introduction to U2 and it's not even exactly you too I, I, I'm a I'm an alternative rock kind of fan that's what I grew up yeah, through and so yeah, they're always too. kind of on the airwaves and you know of them but I hadn't really latched on until I was at a small bar in Toronto and the band on stage did a cover of where the streets have no name oh that's and a hard I was one like to do a cover of. that's a very hard one to do yeah. a cover of and then I fell in love with the song and then I kind of went down the road a little bit and I I actually don't even think at the time I knew it was from you too. Like I think I went and sought it out and then I hear this insane story of how that track almost apparently didn't make the album. Yeah, they they had a hard time with the intro. They almost like uh Bono actually was like they got so frustrated with that intro because they couldn't get it going yeah. that he had a tantrum and he threw whatever DAC tapes that they had to record it in the garbage. Like he physically, and he said, and he told, uh, I guess Steve Lillywhite, who's a producer or whoever, he's like, I never want to see this again, yeah. like ever. And what happened was he cooled off and the producer took it back out in the bin. And a few days later, begrudgingly to Bono, he's like, we're going to try it one more time. And then that's and then he, And then they and got then it. And they got it. So that was my gateway so i like i find this song and then i figure out it's by you two and then i figure out the backstory and now it's even more incredible and then mm-hmm. you listen to the album there's a very large section of people that will say that was their greatest album i don't know too many yeah you know, i like it's hard when i'm across the table well, and they from, just, like, they, just tour, they just toured that album again again well the joshua tree yeah. tour 2017 which me as a youtube fan i actually didn't not like that i don't really they've never been about glorifying the past yeah they, they've you, always seemed to kind of look to the future and so to do a, what felt like a best of yeah. felt like not the real live U2 experience. So thank God they've got new material coming yeah. in December and they're going to tour that because that to me more is the more ebb and flow of a U2 show where they on this tour they played some songs from before that album mm-hmm. and then the middle part of the set was playing that album from front, front to, to back. back and having have you ever been to a U2 show before? I have not no yeah, you gotta go to one at least in yeah. your lifetime but the songs sound better live than they do on the album that's their trademark yeah. is, is how good they sound live but when they performed an album like Joshua Tree from front to back it just lost momentum of the show for me because their four big singles are their first four tracks right so they play those and then as you get to the second side B when it was a tape when you get to that they're just like well the crowd's kind of like I felt like the momentum's kind of dying in the show because I don't think albums when you play them front to back work the same as the as the songs do live so much of the live environment I feel is about singing along. Sure. It's about knowing when they go into an extended breakdown, you're like, oh, this is new, this is exciting, where it's not that you can't really tune out. You can't really lose the audience for four songs right. just to bring them back in. Yeah, so, so it really did feel like that. I mean, 
on the last tour where they toured an album, they had this new screen. Like that's another reason why I like U2s because they're always on the cusp of anything tech when it comes mm. to their live stage show presentation. In 97, when they did Pop Mart, they toured a 180 foot wide by 90, like LED screen, LED in 97. So like it was so experimental that LED bulbs were popping out. No way. And they way. had people behind the stage. Working like, it. Like, as, like on guy wires, just trying to like drill them back in <laughs> as the show's going along. So there's that. The U2 360 uh, tour, that's the one I told you about mm -hmm. from Blackberry in 09. Mm -hmm. It cost like a million dollars a day to put on and they had this spaceship catwalk that with the roof open at Rogers Center, it took it went from like the outfield to second base, like yeah. the, the actual size of the stage in the middle to make a big 55,000 seat venue feel intimate. It was just such a spectacle. And then uh, in 2001, when they did Elevation, they were the first band to do um, that stage that was cylindrical where fans are inside, inside the and middle, outside. Yeah. And then every award show did it after I that. was just going to say, now yeah. you see it a lot of yeah. the award so shows. They, they've always tried these. The, the last tour wasn't anything special, mm -hmm. but uh, all these other tours, they've always tried to push something that no one's ever done. And that's part of that experience too. Now, the neat thing I find about music that you don't, I can't think of another art form that you really see it the same in is the traveling fan. You see it in sports. Yeah. You don't see it so much in any other art form except for music. Yeah. Are there any other venues yes. that you've seen them in? Where, where have you traveled yeah. to watch so you too? After I was done university, that was my one year to kind of get it all out of my system yeah. because especially from years 2006 to 2014, I was on call my whole life. <laughs> but Sleeping um, beside your black yeah, bear, but, or whatever. Device. So I'd see the shows in Toronto, but that was it yeah. for those. I wish I saw more of those because it was my favorite tour. But on the Vertigo tour, I went to, to a bunch of different places. And because it was more of a stripped down show, that was probably the tour they kind of shuffled up the set list more than yeah. anything else so you get different experiences yeah. i've seen them in boston oh i've seen them great. in um where else have i seen them i saw them in anaheim california on a school field trip in 2001 how i got away with that i don't know um well we had this thing Cashed called in. we had this thing called deca i don't know if you ever heard of deca mm -hmm. it was like a business club like okay. that was across North America for high school and yep. there were different chapters in the States. It was big in the States, but Ontario had a chapter and if you qualified, you can go to it. Yep. It was like a week long field trip in April of 2001. Um, and I really wanted to get on that trip because U2 was playing three shows at the pond that same week no and our convention way. center in the hotels was like hop step and a jump away yeah. which is probably the only time yeah. anyone's a hop step and a jump away from the pond i learned this the hard way anaheim's not close to la no at all oh, i took a cab no. it took me forever no, no so it worked out for you and i'm really glad yeah no it was anaheim and anaheim yeah. so yeah we could walk to it i've probably seen over 30 shows i've lost count yeah. at this point but all over north america i haven't seen them in europe that's it, like it's the never, next bucket well, list. Well, because the, cr the crowd is just so up for it. But yeah. seeing them in Boston was pretty cool experience because Boston's like Little Ireland. Right? Yeah, so, exactly. So you see that there, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I did Detroit. I did Buffalo a bunch yeah. of times because it's close by. Yeah. Do you find that they usually have a Toronto date? Like, is it a destination for them that they like coming back? To yeah. The city? Well, in 2005, when they were doing a lot of the arena shows, they did yeah. four 
in wow. Toronto. I mean, they did seven in Boston once. It felt like overkill. <laughs> and seven in at MSG, yeah. where like by the time you get to six shows, six and seven, the diehards still there. It's like okay, seventh night already. Yeah. Anyway, so um, but Toronto <laughs> they did four, and Toronto they seem to do this thing where they added a different thing to the set list that's not typical yeah. of other shows. So you really do feel like, oh, that's cool. It's unique. Like they appreciate Toronto because they're doing some sort of set list variation that like is very different. So my band, my U2 is the Foo Fighters. Mm. They're, they're my guys. And I'm actually going this weekend down to California because nice. they're kind of hosting this year's Cal Jam like, or they're the, the impetus behind it. So my yeah. brother and I are going, but we've traveled around same to go see Foo Fighters and it's neat, first of all, because you mix visiting new places. Like, I've been to California, but I've never been to San Bernardino, which right. is kind of neat. And so we're staying at a little Airbnb up in the hills, which is going to be totally different than any other experience I've ever had, sure. where I usually stay near the beach. We went to Louisiana, to New Orleans over Halloween, because they played Voodoo Festival there a few years back. And that was an unreal experience, because you get to be in New Orleans for Halloween, which is a week-long party. And then you get to go see your favorite band. So that's like this neat part of it where you, it's, they're kind of life events. It's not just seeing a concert. You are kind of experiencing and growing who you are as a person and yeah. seeing more things and taking in new experiences because of it. And that's what I love about it. I remember, I don't know if you ever seen Coldplay live before, but. Um, I haven't. I was able to I was at a festival where they were playing oh and I just you missed it I'm it's was one it of those like things where stage where it, you're on yeah, the wrong stage four stages and yeah. you kind of have to pick your favorite band yeah and Coldplay sort of didn't make the cut in 2003 was SARS and everyone was canceling shows and they kept their show and at the end of clocks um, Chris Martin was adding lyrics about why they didn't cancel the show. No way. Like towards the end. So the crowd went like nuts, nuts. for that. So like Wild. that's probably the most personal I've ever seen the band's relationship to Toronto yeah. like live that was of that kind of big level that weren't from Toronto mm -hmm. that like showed it. So they did that. They I remember um, where was that plane crash? The Air France crash in Toronto 2005 or two years later? I don't I'm remember, trying to think of but, where I was when it happened. Cold, Coldplay yeah. played uh, a show in Toronto that same day too, and so like during that song "Politic," yeah, like he's like, "Give me a crash where everyone survives," yeah. like, like yeah. so it was just like they they're very with it with yeah. what's happening in Toronto at that moment in time, and so now I imagine with the politics and everything that's going on in the states, I imagine even more so people are more connected with the city than ever now this is interesting and this is why i love this method of talking to people and podcasting because we can go down whatever road and it just leads us to spaces i never right. even thought we'd touch on what do you think toronto has i'm gonna like nerd out on toronto for a minute what do you think we have here that allows the arts communities like music to connect is it is it the people is it the diversity do you think I'm interested because yeah. I, like, I have many more examples of bands who who too find it's a special home. I think it's because it's so close to the states, but when they get here, they they can really feel the difference. Right. Like you know when you drive across the border to Buffalo, you can feel the difference <laughs> from over here right, from right away. Falls. Like it just it feels immediately different. Yeah. Like from even like the little subtleties, like the way the street signs look, the yeah. concrete bridge like the concrete roads over the bridges and how your car sounds over yeah. that like with that high pitch that it makes <laughs> uh i think when people go to the states first and then come 
come to Toronto, which is usually the pattern, they, they can sense the difference. I don't know if it's going to hold because mm-hmm. of how globalized the world is becoming, mm-hmm. but I know before the internet was as big as it was now, like bands would go into the States and come to Canada and feel like, wow, they were a lot more receptive, like yeah. more right away, more grabbing to it, more carefree, more letting loose. I felt that way about Toronto early. As I get older, I kind of feel like Toronto doesn't really know its true identity compared to older cities. Mm Because when you think about it, even though Toronto is an old city, its identity has changed a lot recently due to like political things. Like like, remember Montreal used to be the flagship of Canada back in the 70s and 80s. And then when the PLQ stuff and all that stuff was happening, every Anglophone made their way down to Toronto and Toronto became the new you know, big populace of, of Canada. So it's it's weird how things are kind of changing. And Toronto, I still think, is trying to figure out what they are. And I think that's part of its appeal, too, that people just don't really have a real grasp of what it is until they get here. Here's my take on it, is I think Toronto, because, again, of our proximity to the United States and the fact that we're a major, you know, populace, a major metropolitan uh, area... But there's this this longing still to be considered as good as a U.S. city. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like everyone still kind Toronto of Toronto feels, feels a little isolated from the rest of Canada. It, that it way, it feels like we're kind of like the U.S.'s kid brother. We are right. we're L.A. and New York and Chicago. We feel a little bit brother. more comfortable in a bigger city like New York than we would maybe in Winnipeg. Or yeah, exactly, completely. Yeah, yeah. but we don't feel that we're exactly given the respect from our you know, Southern brothers sure. that, that, that we are a real city. Like we keep proving ourselves. And so when we get a big band or especially an American band here, we almost feel justified. Right. Like we're the, like they, they have justified the way we feel about ourselves. And yes, you came here. And so we then go a little over and, and, and want to be really receptive and see, look, you can belong here too. But it's interesting what you had said about identity because I almost feel, and I don't know really what sparked the change. Perhaps Drake, Drake is in there and and the the fact that he went global. (laughs) Yeah. I think the Raptors rise. Vince Carter. I think it was post Vince Carter because I think the Raptors, uh, like I love Vince Carter and I think he did a lot for the city and for the game and the game North the border. But I don't think the 2007, six, seven, eight, nine Raptors were still being taken seriously. Oh, for sure. I don't think it was until DeMar really came into form. We got Kyle, we got Rudy, got rid of Rudy. (laughs) And they made strong pushes year after year in the playoffs that the city mixed with the attention Drake brought to the city, that there became this Toronto pride, this six pride. Sure. But I, again, I, I don't feel, I agree with you that I don't feel that's an identity that anyone's found. Yeah. Well, I'll look, I'll get uh, the way I describe the identity in Toronto and, and it's missing identity from the past is in food. Like you don't go, Ooh. you don't go somewhere. I like where this is going. You don't go where Montreal is known for smoked meat. Like Montreal is known for s- specific types of foods, like their bagels or whatever. Uh, like you know, Chicago style pizza, New York whatever. Yep. All this stuff. And New York style pizza. Like uh, LA, right, you have your East Coast. Right. There's L.A. Hollywood. There's Vancouver Hollywood North Mountains. Yep. You know, Pacific Northwest. They feel like their own their own Cascadia. 
or Toronto is just like, when I go travel in the States and I'm taking an Uber or I'm talking to people, Drake is the first thing they know about Toronto and that's it. <laughs> it's probably but if the they didn't have Drake, they they're like, oh, Toronto, like, I don't know anything about The Blue about Jays? But people, yeah, people don't know about Toronto aside no. from a couple of franchises that come into their, their sports town every now and then. So we're going to write the ship. That's what we're going to do. We have some U.S. listeners and we have some like random European listeners. When I look at the when I look at the breakdown of <laughs> nice. where people are coming from, I'm like, wow, where did we get like Liechtenstein or whatever? Like, how do we get this one country? It's like 30,000 people. Yeah, I've, dri- I've driven through it on a tour bus when I was going around Europe. Like they have a little <laughs> stand. It's it's not very big. It's like it's like the size of like a small community in York region. But it's amazing because you get to check it off your list. You're like, yeah, yeah and, and I've been well, there. And they have a stand where you can pay two euro just to get your passport stamped. stamped. <laughs> like because it's so small, but and you would never go through a passport thing anyway. But people want to show where they've been, so they actually have like a little stand in the middle of their downtown. But you can where stamp you can it. Get stamped for two bucks. Three things. Three things that aren't well known about Toronto that you think people should know about Toronto. And I'm not going to hold you to something that I won't do myself. But if we're kind of, we're delving into these secrets, we're saying that, yes, everyone first probably says Drake and then maybe either the Maple Leafs or the Blue Jays. So the three things people should know when they visit, Mm -hmm. uh, rent a car because transit sucks. (laughs) And it's the second largest city by land area in North America. By land area? I didn't know the land area Number thing. one, number one's LA. Right. By land area, it's the second largest wow. city. Wow, okay. I didn't LA know is one, which everyone says you need a car in LA. Yeah. You Although, can't And take even transit. then, they're putting a lot of money into their transit. Part of LA's thing, too, is it's a socioeconomic thing where, like, mm-hmm. people don't want to be seen. If they're well off, it's about the car they drive right. in LA, not necessarily... About, <laughs> yeah, because they're like, no one walks in LA. Like, it's just like little things like that. So there's that. So that's one. Yeah. What are, what are the other two things they should know? Know that there's always some pretty good little festivals going on, like mm-hmm. like the Taste of the Danforth and mm-hmm. things like that. So I would say... Um, check the festival always, circuit. Always check that. Like Nuit Blanche was this past yeah. weekend. Uh, there's always these weird the jazz things. festival, like TD Jazz Festival, yeah. whatever. It's sponsored right now by yeah. TD. I don't think they still do the Harborfront concerts. I think they still do. I, I think they do. Yeah, because I hadn't gone to those in years. It shows you my Toronto pride. Um, but I used to. <laughs> I used to a lot. You're um, jaded, David. You're jaded. The other thing they should know is it's incredibly safe. Like it is, like a lot of people want to live here because of the lack of drama that happens here. Toronto has its crime. It's a big city. It's going to have its crime, but the the per capita compared to anywhere else. And I don't want to quote numbers because I know I'll get it wrong and I hate being wrong. But I remember seeing the homicides this year and it was, I did the math in my head because I know we usually average between 60 and 70, which first of all, 60 to 70 is what we average. Right. You see that a month in a city like Chicago. Yeah. Right. But 60 to 70 is what we average a year. And it was maybe it was high 30s, low 40s. And then I do the math in my head. I'm like, whoa, we're trending below average this year. And then you get a little bit of pride out of that. Like, and I'm not crapping on Toronto. I The things no. I don't like are also the things I like. If Toronto lacks a certain personality when you yeah. walk on the street, I mean, the benefit of that is it's it's incredibly safe too. Right. Like there's there's gives and takes with it. What I, what I enjoy about Toronto is the fact that I can... it. it in a New York style way, I can disappear in different neighborhoods. Yeah. Right? I can, you know, and I've done it so many times where I just spend a week and all I want to hang out in is is Little Italy. 
Right. Right. Because I just get in this vibe in my head and I'm like, no, I want to go to this place again. And I want to go to this restaurant again. And I want to go to this pool hall or this pub or whatever. And it's all in one neighborhood. Right. And then I'll move and I'll go into like, you know, Danforth and, and the Greek village or I'll go into Chinatown or stuff like that. I love being able to disappear into these little pockets and it feel different than where I disappeared last time. And even, you know, you take somewhere as crazy as Liberty Village right now where yeah. there's a thousand condos and only one stinking road in and out. Yep. As terrible as it is to get through there, it too has its own kind of identity made by the young professional. Yeah. Right? And so you get a certain vibe when you're out at the Williams Landing or whatever is uh, right. the... Uh, oh, shit. I'm going to have to cut this out. I don't remember the other part. Oh, there. it's the Brazen Head. Brazen yeah. Head. Thank you very much. Yeah. You know, it, it itself has its own little like vibe to it, and I love that about the city. And so I think I'd tell people, Bloor Line, I think if you're a traveler to Toronto... Stick on the Bloor line. It's Think of what you get. You get yeah. Danforth. You can get Young Bloor, which is kind of, or Yorkville and Bloor, which is kind of your your shopping hub and yeah. of all the stores I can't afford anything in. <laughs> like you keep going west, you get in the annex, yeah, which is great. You know, you kind of your north end of of like Little Korea or Koreatown, which is great as well. You get Bloor West Village if you, you still go Park. out. High Park. That's yeah, Bloor. I think stick close to the Bloor Danforth line if you're visiting Toronto. Yeah, that's where you can experience. And the you can most. take that all the way to Kipling, and then um, you got a and Then you got the bus to uh, the airport there, so it's only three bucks See? if you want to do it that way, or or you could just take the 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 Up Express. The Up. So you're an intern at Five Ninety. That's where we I, started the conversation. Yeah, and look the, where we went I all was the way an around. Intern at Five Ninety in in two thousand and six, and um, I. I turned into a uh, part-timer later that year. I got my start doing World Cup hits because we oh, had no there was like a bar there was like a partnership with the World Cup so they sold so they had reporters and some interns who they felt comfortable with doing on the phone live yep. hits from bars. So if Netherlands was playing Portugal, I was at a Betty's where the ne- yep. Netherlands party was and I was talking about what happened there and then threw it back to whatever and and that was pretty cool it turned into a producer reporter job which mm-hmm. turned into a reporter anchor job which turned into Leafs beat reporter for three seasons so it was quite the run you have a vast resume when it comes to reporting was yeah. radio was radio your so, sweetheart well yeah it was because I, I went to Western and I studied economics but I spent most of my time at the campus radio station because uh, one of my best friends who works in our industry too was actually studying I think it was communications mm-hmm. but he had an indie music radio station at Brock and I visited him in my first year. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of cool, but I'm not really into the indie music thing. I don't know if whatever. But then in my second year at Western, I was on a all MIT faculty floor. It just happened as a soft, as an upper year living in res. That's where they put me. And so they were like, oh, we're going to go check out this campus radio station. I wasn't really in the mood, but they kind of dragged me to go with them. So I was like, okay, I'll go. And then that's where I found out that they do play-by-play for sports and campus sports. I'm like, hell yeah, I'll do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That I'm sounds totally like fun. on board. Yeah. So I end up spending so much time there. I did play by play for Mustang football for about six seasons from 2005 after school to even when I was at the fan at 2010, no they were still encouraging me on those Saturdays to do it because they were happy with me developing the skill. Yeah. 
You know, you never knew when football was going to be big here. I mean, in 2008, we had that Bills-Toronto series thing. You didn't know if the NFL was imminent and maybe... There were thoughts. Thought, there was tons yeah, of rumors behind it. I, I covered I covered it. I would go to games in Buffalo because mm-hmm. it was a Rogers property and all the Buffalo beat reporters looked at me as if I was the Grim Reaper like because <laughs> yeah, yeah. they thought, oh, what's the vibe? What's going on? Are we losing the team? You know, I did that for a while. But um, yeah, so Campus Radio led me to just sending my mp3s uh cuts of stuff i did mm-hmm. to doug fairway who got back to me who gave me an internship which turned into all the whole list all this and then that turned into a year with with the leafs website yeah. which was cool which turned into a very brief stint at national post as a leaf reporter before they shut down the sports department and then um yeah, from that, I worked at Twitter Canada after that, doing Moments. I was on the launch team that created Moments on Twitter. No way. So that was cool. And then uh, this past year with The Athletic, which was cool. Uh, the last two jobs I've had, I've been a day oneer, like, uh, no uh, like on the yep. launch of a project. And both of those have been, they're both of those are still around. So like I, it's cool because like with The Athletic and with Twitter, I was kind of, you know, I kind of tech focused. So this kind of makes sense for me. Yeah. I didn't want to leave doing hockey and I I still think uh, I'll be doing that. I just, um, it, it's been a weird, windy road. Like we we, do, we live in a gig economy now, for sure. So um, It's a great way to put it. It's wild because everyone has this experience, this history of like sleeping with your BlackBerry. If you're still in the industry now, yeah. when we were together like 10 years ago, if you're still doing it now, it's because we all have the experience of working seven days a week right. and getting called at 8 a.m., or 11 p.m. and sleeping with your BlackBerry and not really knowing where you're going the next day until it rings and it tells you, is that being lost? Is that, and should it be no, lost? No, it's, it's, I think it's having a renaissance period. <laughs> I've like, started sleeping with my iPhone are gonna now. People doing it a little bit more, especially people of our age, yeah. because, so I was that way. Obviously, I made my name by being available and always being next to my messages, and I still love tech, but you'll notice my phone's not even on the table, it's on the floor where I can't see yeah. it. So that I can focus on this, and I hit our and, airplane mode. That's yeah. my new like but, the last but, year. But like I, it, in the past, that would make me freak out. Yeah. Now maybe it's because I'm between assignments, so that kind of helps too. Yeah. But I actually, I actually got to the point where it was better for my health. You know, you you know, you need to take the breaks. Yeah. You need to kind of experience the world around you as well. I think it's good to just you know, especially. Uh, set boundaries for yourself to get the human reset. Like, yeah, you want to go, go, be busy, all that stuff. But I mean, there are things in life where you just lose that connection if you're too tethered. And um, I, I've, it's, I feel like we're getting to that point where anything in excess can be too much. Mm-hmm. And so, even though there are practical uses for things, it's not only going to be that thing. There's always a pushback. Nothing ever goes in a linear path to right. tech or whatever. There's going to be bumps where people are going to be like, okay, we've had this. Now we need to step it back a little yeah. bit and figure out how the new thing will adapt to our lives without taking us, without disassociating us too much. My brother's my best friend. Uh, oh, I like saying that. <laughs> but I, I'm the oldest of three. And, and Which brother? Let's put him on the spot. <laughs> the other one both of them <laughs> okay you don't know their names no Eric and I like Trevor and I are five and a half years apart he's the youngest one and so we have a real like older brother younger brother vibe going but but the middle one we're just like pals cool he's like my, my best old, friend I only have one older brother and he's six and a half years older than me so I know what so you're talking about you understand about. yeah, yeah what yeah. the age gap is like 
But Eric once said to me, the middle one, and this is random and so, he was so wise at the time. We were having like breakfast, actually at Mars, which is yeah. Young and Egg neighborhood. So we were at Mars having breakfast one morning and I don't know what he read in me. And we were like early 20s at the time and he said, you know what? Clay, you just got to find time where you can sit under a tree and read a book and be okay with yourself. And, and it wasn't, and it, he was just telling me just to like unplug from life mm-hmm. and be okay with the idea that you can unplug for life and buy yourself an hour or two. And whatever happens in those two hours doesn't really matter. Like, yeah. like nothing's going to so drastically change that you can't pick it up and, and fix it. Once you come back to your phone or come back to your computer. And I always remember that. I was like, man, you're so wise. And and it's awesome. It's awesome when you see that in younger siblings, right? Because I'm the one who gets through my teens first. And and, and then then you're kind of waiting for them to do it as well. And here he comes with like the life-changing motivational speech that makes me look at life in a whole different way. Uh, But yeah, buying out that time. Just being able to, to unplug. As you said, you put your phone on the floor whatever yeah. it is and just being cool with it yeah and well that way even so even though it's on vibe it won't, i won't hear it you won't like, hear it. i yeah. also flip mine over right oh, yeah, so, so it's on vibrate it. so i won't see right you know the notification come up that someone so and so is texting you or whatever like now with push, push alerts it i feel like it goes off every five minutes and i don't yeah. even really care but i have to look at those because i had a lot of like twitter tech sites for all different kinds of things and i've got a I got to shut them off because I'm already going. I'm already a pull person towards that yeah, anyway. They yeah. don't need to push me to go there. <laughs> so I really don't need the push alerts anymore. Like, you know, a lot of people forget to turn off their push alerts, but they're already checking that site a few times a day on their own. Yeah. So why do you need the push well, alert? Well, why like, do you need to be told again? Yeah. So, so I mean, that's it's just a behavior pattern. It's like why people don't delete apps on their phones, even though they don't use them anymore. And you just... Don't get Guilty. around to it. Guilty. I'm raising my hand. Yeah, you don't get I'm around to it. it. No. That's what it is. You know, it's not a priority for your day. I'm like, it's like maybe one day I might once maybe use it again, maybe. Probably not. Right. I can get rid of it. Yeah. What do you think when you look at yourself, and this is a bit of introspective and I apologize if it takes you on gu- off guard, what trait do you see in yourself that has allowed you to shift and adapt and move? Like what, you know, what is your, I don't want to say talent that's mean but what is what do you have that's allowed you to keep going for more than a decade in in a career that's evolved like in an industry that's evolved yeah. three four times it's simple i think we talked about it off the top which is uh, i'm that adaptable to tech to technology yeah. like when a new thing comes I know how to do it and I can even when I'm in the press box I get other reporters especially older ones just saying hey Dave how do I do this in my right. like people know how to share a Twitter video because it's not the same as sharing a Twitter photo right. but like little amenable things like that that they don't know that I could pick up quickly and yeah. do it very independently and I'm always scouring these things every day in my personal time because I'll see something I'll be like that's going to be the new thing. I'll yeah. tell you. I'll tell you another anecdote about that. So when I started at the fan, people were using Morant's machines to record audio okay. on location and coming back to the studio to file. So I would see this and I'd be like, "Well, I have an iPod that can record audio. Yeah. So why would I carry this big bulky thing? Yeah. Doesn't make any sense to me. I love I'm, where you're going when, with this. when I'm already carrying this thing. So I would record it on my iPod. Starbucks had Wi-Fi, but people weren't using it as much yeah. back then. But 
So it was fast? Well, no, it wasn't. It wasn't necessarily like super fast. Like they've gotten better with bandwidth yeah. at these locations, but it's just not a lot of people were using it, right? So I would uh, be on location. I'd have to file like a voicer. Back then the fan had longer updates where you would do like a 45 second report mm-hmm. with a clip inside. And so I'd have my computer and I'd, a lot of people would be like, oh, well, they do it at 12 and then they wouldn't get their voicer filed to like three or four because mm-hmm. they'd have to come back, find the studio to cut the audio. And that made no sense to me whatsoever. When I had my own thing, which I didn't have to go and get this machine mm-hmm. to record audio mm-hmm. onto a compact flash card, <laughs> um, <laughs> it, would, it would record on my iPod. I would import the MP3 file on Audacity or something. Yeah. Recorded the audio. I would record it in my car so I wouldn't be like blasting out this voice in front of like people drinking people. coffee yeah. and people looking at me like I'm crazy. I'd go in the car, record my take, yeah. and I'd put it together and I'd email it to someone or I we they gave me a web remote version of yep. Burly, which was our audio editing stuff, and I would be able to put it up there in... And hours before, yeah. hours before, there was um, one time in when I was working at Leafs.com. Do you remember Salute Gate? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, so, um, <laughs> so basically, basically, no one was allowed to broadcast or anything or do anything like that because it was such a sensitive day. Yeah. But I had a SoundCloud account, and I recorded these things. I knew it was a high interest day. Yeah. Dion Phaneuf would have a scrum about it and it got very heated, that scrum. And I'm like, you know what? As soon as I ran out, I was able to, on my phone within seconds, put that up there on Twitter. Like I have I have an app called Twisted Wave, which cuts before and after. So you're not getting all this garbage before and after. Yep. And you like the only thing, it can edit all audio, it just can't multi-track. That's all it right. can do, but that's all I needed. So I do that, put it up there. And within seconds after it happened, like seconds, I'm outside, I'm putting it on my phone and I can do it immediately. And it's it's there for people to listen to. It's getting retweeted whatever, all that stuff. But people know me for my immediacy in that response. And that's kind of harkened to my old radio days. So little apps, little things that change the technology is kind of what keeps me around, even though I've bounced around in the last little bit, because I'll just see something. I'll be like, that could be done within seconds. I can do that so quickly. And just that comes from my gearhead techness Mm -hmm. background. I just, little things like that. I'm kind of a jack of all trades, which limits your ability to be specialized. But it's kind of why now in the last four years, my resume has been so eclectic and different and adaptability. And, and adaptability. But, but I think, I think at the same time, it's this innate ability to sense what the new thing's going to be. Right. So you have this, you know, great anecdote of when you were a kid and you're like called upon to be this tech wizard and fix older kids' computers. This is my history of being a shit disturber because I was the one who learned that the teacher's password was their full first name and the initial of their last name. And I learned very quickly how to log in as them oh, and no. I could change attendance records and I can look at reports. It was amazing. They're all listening now being like... Uh, no, no, they caught me. I got shit for it. So like guys. like any grade fiver, when you figure it out, you probably abused it too much. Like if you yeah, did completely. it every now and then, it probably could have slipped in the cracks. No. But you did it too much. <laughs> and I was, was a show off. I wanted to show everyone yeah. that I... I'm like, give I me a teacher's you. name. 
Give it to me. Who do you got? Who do you got? I'll, I, I'll log in as them. Just you watch. You need a perfect attendance you, record? I'll you give you a perfect... hacker renegade. Hacker re- Is that a term that's even acceptable anymore? Is hacking... Is hacking... Well, there's white hat hackers and black hat hackers. Oh, tell me the difference. Well, the white hat hackers are the, are the ones that are hired by the government to make sure they don't get hacked. Because oh, right. they they're kind of like the whoever engineers. Whoever is they're the so like hackers like if you can hack the system you're employable because they need to know what flaws are in their right. system. So those are the white hat hackers, the ones that do it for good. The black hat hackers are the ones that do it for bad. And which one is Russia? There's oh, my know. question. Are they white hat hackers? I don't know. They look great in those big white fluffy hats. I don't know. So I, I spent I spent a few months a few months few weeks in Russia at the Worlds in 2016. So that was pretty cool. The one thing I noticed about being in Russia was that anytime I logged into my online banking, even though like when you're, when like you have cookies or whatever that that remember you, (laughs) every time I logged in on Russia, I always had to do the verification question no matter what. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It's just like, are you sure you are where you think you are? I must have known. So it's like, Okay, but we're gonna make you do your verification questions yeah. all the time, even though like you're you're saved and it's from this computer. It was just that not sure about Russia. I still look for <laughs> the little pie symbol in the bottom right corner from uh, Sandra Bullock and the net. Oh my like, god, the I, net! I still look for the that. That was the back door. Is you just find the little pie symbol? Kylie's looking at me with the blankest stare. I think the movie came out before you were born. Ninety six. <laughs> Ninety. Oh, so no, you okay. you were still in one. <laughs> Yeah, right. That the net. So ninety six for millennials. Like ninety six is when we started really using the internet a lot. Like it was in the internet was becoming the mainstream. Yeah. Where where it was starting. Like that's where AOL and all these people had dial up internet. So it became. Right. It started to become a staple of the home. It was just starting, yeah. uh, but it was strictly for low res like reading. Like photos would come up yeah. in lines. The net was coming out there and it was piggybacking off the internet being popular but now you'll if you watch it now it's it's such it's a joke. terrible it's <laughs> yeah. the it it's not terrible i don't want to say it's terrible but it, it's not something that stands the test of time no because you're like no that's not how it works <laughs> like anyone like a kid in grade six will be like that's not how the internet works yeah i'm sure of it but no it's social media there either it's funny <laughs> it's, yeah. it's funny the way that and you can you can tell what times we were living in based on what Hollywood wanted us to be afraid of, or what Hollywood knew we were afraid of, and so they made movies about. Right. And so you have like the net, right? And then you had after it you had a series of natural disaster movies, and then you hit early two thousands, and you have a series of both Homeland and foreign terrorism. Right. And then we go back to when animals attack, yeah. and you have a whole list of those. But they all kind of come at once. And then you, this is missing the whole Armageddon, all of the, the, oh, the Y2K? space. No, all the, oh, yeah, there's the Y2K scare, that, but like all the fun. space movies. But the net, I thought of Hackers. We're talking about hacking. Yeah. Uh, hackers with Angelina Jolie, which is another great film, but great, doesn't hold up. But it's funny their ability to sense what we're going to be afraid of and just feed it to us. Because everyone thought the net was legit. Yeah, it Man. was it was it was an interesting Not. movie. <laughs> it also used Macs. Like all movies used Macs and that's how Mac kind of kept their name when they were really struggling. PC was dominating in that, but every movie you saw it was a Mac when they were using their Which computers. was really confusing. It like, was because at the age like, we were at and yeah. every you knew everyone used PCs. Yeah. Like I am completely 
uh, Apple in an Apple environment right. here, like for all of our yeah, editing, our screen. servers, our every piece is in an Apple environment. For video editing, there's nothing. That but I happen. set them all to right click. Fuck that command click shit. Oh, I yeah. ain't doing it. I want my right click. That's the one thing will always yeah. go with me. Or from the, the, PC. the double finger gestures. Too. Yeah, you just do that. I, what's just what's, point down with your two fingers. If you double, if you point down with the two fingers, it's like the same as double clicking. You can change that reference. I changed it too. I'm your next assignment. <laughs> you can just come sit with me for a week and make me smarter. Yeah, but also though, I mean, talk to people. Like I talk to people who are younger than me because like I learn things every day to the point where I'm just like, holy shit. Like last year at the athletic, I wrote like I just started getting ensconced in Reddit because I couldn't believe of how good a resource it was. Where before I was just kind of like. Oh, I thought it was this underground thing where people didn't know what they were talking about. And then they would pick up on something that I didn't see, and I would mm. take that into the room. And it, it blew up when I when no I wrote the story on that. It was um, Nazim Kadri's cat on Instagram. Like, all of a sudden, someone... <laughs> so, someone <laughs> I caught, love the internet. So, someone caught it on a weekend. So on Monday, I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to ask Nazim Kadri about his cat. His cat. And I just wrote a, a quick blurb like yeah. 500 were not even about how we discovered this cat and how he became a cat person of course <laughs> animals leafs Cats. how can it not blow up right so so it uh yeah it, like it was just, it became an amazing resource for me like it's unreal how good reddit is a resource which if you don't talk to people you would not know this you, you mentioned 500 words and and i grew up like because i i came into the industry on the written side are word counts even really a thing anymore? Do you find? Because I feel ever Depends since who like, you work for. the score, like ever since the score kind of came in, it feels like everything is 80 words. Yeah, but that's because the score primarily is doing content aggregation. Some people hate being confined by word count. Mm. I like it because I like it, it, too. it gets me down to brass tacks. Yeah. Like I find sometimes I'll read something and it's just too long. I'll just be like... Okay, I don't need the flowery. Like, yeah. just give me the goods. I like it because it gives me. Someone else tells me how flowery this is supposed to be. Does that make sense? I guess like, we need seven hundred words on blah, or you're doing sixteen hundred words on this. Yeah. No. Well, so if something is sixteen hundred words, it really has to be. A deep dive. Sa- like a deep yeah. dive and savory enough for me to be interested in completely. Reading it. Nuzzle's one of my favorite apps for that too. I don't know. Nuzzle, no, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if Nuzzle took your social media feeds, mm-hmm. like your Twitter and your Facebook and who you follow, and basically it would sort them. And I could sort in the last 24 hours the most shared links from my friend's social media leads. And uh, so I would know what to read or was worth reading based on that. Uh, like I'm surprised none of the other social media mm-hmm. feed, they sort of, Twitter's sort of done that with in case you missed it mm-hmm. when you go into it now. Right. But those are tweets on their own where Nuzzle strictly takes the links that were shared from yep. your social feeds and ranks and orders them, them. Yeah. based on who has shared them and how often they've been shared. And who in North America doesn't like something that ranks something? It's like, <laughs> give me the top five of anything and I'm on yeah. board. A great site that I like for finding a lot of new things at work is Product Hunt. I don't know if you know about that. <laughs> Everything you say and and then follow it with, I don't know if you know about, the answer is going to be no. That's why I'm so glad you're here. Yeah, Product Hunt is basically a, a place where you can find the newest apps that a lot of people are engaging at, hmm. at once. And, and there's this app that does, it's not for mobile, it's only on desktop called Crello, 
which hmm. is um, I don't know what that is. Just yeah, no. In case you I, ask just, me the I just learned about it recently, but it basically <laughs> makes those crazy infographics that you see a lot of people share. Yeah, but for free and many different templates for free, and you can put them together faster than you would on Photoshop. And what's the name of it again? Crello. Crello coming new to the Stringer podcast. <laughs> yeah, We're but, totally gonna yeah, use this, but, but it, it only works on desktop. But it's for now. But it's it's great. So you can create engaging things fast, and and I just could not believe how fast I can and share you know, it out. put things up like that. So you just you know surf a lot. You'll see yeah. what sticks. Like it's it's incredible how how things like that are changing. I love like Silicon Valley, the show. Oh, it's great because that's it. like totally in my vein. But my understanding of anything that's going on in the Bay Area or San Francisco or anywhere between San Francisco and LA or all those awesome smart places yeah. it's way over my head well no I mean it's its a lot of people fear maybe we're gonna have another dot com bubble of 99 because it's really it's following the similar thing where people with money are throwing investment opportunities in it in the hopes that it will go public and mm-hmm. hit a lottery ticket that's interesting so there's a lot of there's a lot of investments like that that make no money um, Juicero just closed down. It was this ridiculous product that that made juice that made like um, uh, juices for you, like a machine. Right. It cost stupid amount of money, like seven hundred bucks. Uh, they brought it down to four hundred before they had to shut it down completely. But it, it was these little juice packs that you would buy that would make organic juices instead of doing it yourself with all right. The, so it's it's like it was so expensive, but it got 120 million dollars in funding. Oh, it's like the Keurig of juicing. Yeah, they were like but, their little but cups it was that so expensive. In. Like even the packets were so expensive. Like why would I not just buy an apple buy and this juice at it. the store if it's right. going to cost this much? I'm going to pay you just to sit here and teach me stuff <laughs> all day long. Like just to have these conversations because I think I've I should have kept a list. I'm going to listen to this back and make notes so that I don't screw it up. Before I let you go, though, I'm interested to know if there's one, I don't want to say master piece of advice. That's mean because it puts a lot of pressure on you, but you are a master. But if there's one thing you've taken with you, something that someone told you, a mentor maybe early on, you spend some time, like you went to school, you spent some time interning, we're really impressionable at that stage. And I think we all get a piece that we kind of keep going back to. Nothing specifically comes to mind because the way this happened was just ridiculous. Like I didn't study to to do it, but I didn't love what I was studying, and <laughs> and I loved what I was doing there. And then I would meet people along the way that would kind of delude myself into thinking I can do it too. Mm-hmm. So I would see the precedent, and I would be like, "Well, these people did it. No reason I can't." And right. so I think I, I kind of gave my own advice there. So there was that. The other thing I took with me that has been kind of good is um, when you're in it, go full on. Mm-hmm. Don't think about things for six months. At the end of six months when you're at something, then you can take a pen or paper or, or compete, whatever, to take a note and look back on if you felt you did something that you liked that you hadn't done before, mm-hmm. and if you felt you were growing in that respect, you didn't think about it again for another six months, and then you did it again. So I, for for most of my time when I was at the fan, that's how it felt. I never, up until like the last year and a bit, mm-hmm. I always felt like in those six month increments, I was doing things that made me feel like I was growing, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what led to a near eight year employment there. 
Now, since that time, it was tough because you're bouncing around a lot of different things and really horrible things happen. Like, I mean, I left the Leafs to do National Post full-time. Uh, it was a full-time staff position. I felt I really, I, I felt I found my fit there. Yeah. And then four months in, everyone got laid off. Everyone else was there for a while, but I was new and I had nothing. After two weeks pay, I had nothing coming in. So I was scared. But I've gone through a lot of these things and you take jobs where you're just not sure if it's right. Like my second day at Twitter, I almost left because it, I wasn't sure if it was the right fit and I wasn't ready to abandon covering hockey. It was like right. an emotional struggle. What I learned from that, and this is really great for young people, is if you're in a job that doesn't feel like the ideal at that point, love it anyway because you'll never know what you learn in that that can really help you for the next thing that you really do want and that has helped me so i always tell people whenever they're kind of jaded or like oh i wish it could be whatever be like don't think about how much this sucks now but think about how much this is going to help you for that next thing mm -hmm. all these things can help you even though at the time you feel like you're not really doing what you want to be doing but it it really can help you and it's it's amazing and uh if there's any regret there's none it's just mm -hmm. you know i wish i was you know the picture perfect smiler the whole time that's and all just a god damn it if you're yeah. working at a cell phone store right now you're actually at the front of the damn industry because had we thought like david 10 years ago yeah I would have started using my iPhone to record audio instead of taking it back to the damn station to do all the work. And it's funny, I laughed when you told that story because that's all you see now in scrums right. are seven iPhones yeah. and the one video guy who has an actual microphone that, right. that, that, that pushes in. Yeah, and even then, now video, video delivery is all DeGero now. They don't Completely. have to go back. They just send it down that way instead of having to run back. We haven't talked hockey at all and I don't want to get... I don't know that much. I'm like for the That's fine. second time, like last year and this year, I've been in the biggest hockey void that I don't feel I know anything that's going on. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. Thoughts yeah. on, you got any like parting wisdom you have on this upcoming season? Anything for, you're really excited about? Well, excited about? You know, the Leafs rookies look like they'll be better, if not as good as they were before. I don't know. I don't know if we're ready to plan the parade as everybody keeps <laughs> yeah. wanting to do. I still think there's going to be some growing pains with yeah. this team. Maybe second round this time around. Maybe third if, if mm. things go well. There's still some issues, especially defensively, I think, that they... Not to any fault of their own. I mean, it's the same D, but uh, I don't think it's necessarily better in terms of stud and star power than it's been in the past so it'll be interesting i think there's still some moves to be made to try to shore up that that area and they're gonna have the free air, uh, space to do that so it'll be interesting i get all these people who clicked and started listening because they're like hey it's the week of the nhl starting and hey oh, look yeah. they have david alter and they're gonna wait to this minute to realize that we gave you one sentence sorry <laughs> David, thank you so much. I keep hitting this damn thing below me. Thank you so much for coming in. This was a joy. I hope we get to do it again oh, soon. Oh, for sure. You're always welcome back. Whenever you got anything that you want to like, just even if it's gear stuff you want to talk about, we're always here for you. I'm sure I'll be around. Love it. Everyone, please, please, please eat your vegetables. <laughs> <laughs>